If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pump. Mm. So look, for the first 42 minutes, uh, we have our fun conversation. We don't talk too much about fitness, but you won't want to miss it. Here's what we talked about. First off, Adam gives me some compliments. Really nice. <sighs> That's he, a first. He approved of uh, my new look, mostly, mostly, most of my look, uh, because I'm wearing Viore clothing. Now, Viore is performance wear. So it's active wear for men uh, that looks really good and is extremely comfortable. If you go to Viore Clothing, let me spell that out for you, V-U-O-R-I clothing.com forward slash mind pump, you'll get 25% off. We hooked you up. Viore. Uh, then we talked about Netflix's documentary, Fire. Hmm. Uh, this was the big, uh, f- what was it, like a music it event? It was a disaster. Festival. They're Festival. Trying, yeah. A cluster of fuck. Uh, it was really crazy. Uh, then we talked about influencer masterminds. That's a bubble that's about to bubble boss. Bubble boo. It's going to go. Um, uh, we, we went a little hard on them, I think, but it was a good time. Hey. Then we called our good friend Lane Norton. Had a little short phone call with him, asking him why he uh, likes to rile people up so much about things like vaccines. Uh, we talked about uh, social media post that Enzo sent me talking about how researchers can actually predict your behavior based off of your friends' posts. What? Yeah, it's creepy. Pretty crazy. Uh, then we talked about China's deadbeat debtor app. Uh, you'll know who's around you and with terrible credit, and you probably don't want to hang around with them. Hello, Hitler China. youth. <laughs> then we talked about how tomorrow is national... Green Juice Day or Smoothies, uh, we are sponsored by Smoothie Box. They actually send to your door whole food smoothies that you blend, and they're amazing and they're healthy. Uh, so check this out. If you go to smoothiebox.com forward slash mind pump, you'll get $20 off your first three boxes. That was the first 42 minutes of the episode. Then we get into the fitness stuff. The first question was, look, there's a lot of variations of lunges, like backstep, walking, side lunges like what's the point of using all those different variations isn't a lunge just a lunge or do they all do something different Hmm. the next question was uh we talk about practicing exercises and treating the lifts like a skill how long should you practice a movement before you start to add weight and make it more intense and the next question was actually asking our opinion on all these uh influencers who talk about polarizing your content. They say, basically, if you want to make any headway on social media, you should pick a side and be very specific, like, I'm just the paleo girl or I'm just the keto guy. Uh, What is our opinion on that? Is that a good strategy? And the final question, what are some of the lessons that sports and competition teaches you that you can't really learn anywhere else? Sports ball for all. I would also like to mention that there's only six days left for the 50% off MAPS Anabolic Super Sale. MAPS Anabolic is our flagship foundational fitness program. It's great for uh, boosting your metabolism, building muscle, sculpting your body. It's actually our most popular MAPS program. Well, it's 50% off. All you got to do is go to mapsfitnessproducts.com, use the code RED50, R-E-D-5-0, no space, for that discount. Also, on that site, you can learn about our other MAPS fitness programs. We have ones for athletes. We have some for bodybuilders. Some We have bundles like the bikini bundle or the summer starter bundle. Uh, 
a lot of awesome stuff on there. Again, the site is mapsfitnessproducts.com. I want to comment that shirt on uh, how handsome you look today. Dang. It looks like uh, your mother dressed you. I like it. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, I like Your mom's got style then. I, let's I, start from the bottom. No, act, no, let's not do that, actually, because what I was going to tell you- You're a dickhead. Yeah, you I can't. know. What I yeah. was going to tell you is you look so fucking fly right now. You've got the the new Viore shirt on. Mm-hmm. You've got the yeah. Viore, the joggers that I've been telling you to grab. What's the name of those? those yeah. So that's that tech shirt, though, the, right? the, the I got one of those, too. No, the the- so the the joggers are called the Sunday performance. So those are joggers. my. So these are my favorite. What does that mean? Performance. Uh, you on want Sunday? to perform on a Sunday, dude? Yeah. What does that mean? Sit on the couch. So these are my no. favorite. These are my favorite joggers that Viore makes. Yeah, I like them. Um, They're comfy. No, and you look sharp, and then you even got the black socks go with it. But then you fuck it all up with these. Yeah. Fucking- Sal, are you a runner? Yeah, those are like grandpa shoes. Oh, I mean, they're so comfortable, you, dude. dude. What are you talking about? Your New Balance. Those aren't New Balance. Yeah, they are. No, those yeah, aren't. Are. New I bought them at the. I, bought I thought those, are, those aren't New Altia Balance. Altia or whatever. Yeah, you don't even know. Uh, no, you're, you don't even know what you're no, wearing. I don't even know. But it's hey, not, man, it's not New Balance. I got them at the. I got them at the. What's that place called? The camping place. Payless. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> they Don't lie, dude. They sell those at Payless. They're super yeah. comfortable. Ross they Ross. look age appropriate, Adam. Okay, age so appropriate. they're age appropriate, bro. I'm not. I'm not that old, huh? I'm not so old. Like I just, just no. It's just a big, not care. It's anymore. just a big gap between the the age you dress, the age you are. No, 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 no. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> it just seems that way for you because you're so outdated. Age appropriate. So it seems like <laughs> listen. When's the last time you got called a silver fox? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm trying to say. You're getting that, yeah, out in I, public. Because huh? let me tell you something. Today, this happened today. A uh, female said I was very handsome. Yeah, you, she was old. She was no. You look sharp. But she you look said sharp. That to me, I know though. I'm busting your balls right now. <laughs> no, I know I'm busting your balls right now about the shoes and all. But I do the. I mean, the Viore stuff looks sharp on you. It looks good, dude. They they kill it. They what do they call it though? They don't call it activewear. They call it performance something. What do they call it? Yeah. I don't know. They have it's a name. Like, there's another thing. Up. I looked at the tag. I forgot. Terrible. Yeah. But anyway, they name it something, and it, it's supposed to mean workout clothes that are. Super comfortable that you can and look, look good that you could wear. Well, isn't that what, isn't that, is, apparel? Isn't that what they call activewear? <laughs> Performance. Why? Apparel. Why would we not know that? What a dork! It's apparel. Justin, what do you? Which ones you got, thought, dude? There? So I'm I'm trying to maintain a certain level of style that's like unique to me, and so I I saw on there they had these chino pants that are f- <laughs> like stretchy. Just like everything else that they've made that I could actually wear that I'm like, oh, wow, that totally fits well with me and my uh, mountain cholo sort of vibe. It, it does go with your... your yeah, like it's still hacky sack, skateboard and all that, even though I don't. They look... They're the color of... Uh, they're like khaki color. Yeah, it's khaki color. They're like... Yeah, it's like just the, the chino pants. You remember seeing like these... The, the, the sort of skaters and, and, and all that wear. So it has that kind of look to it, but... I can apparently do deadlifts and squats in them, so yeah. I'm excited about that. They're, they're, they they spoiled us because now that I have all these Viore outfits, I don't wear anything else. I know. Now you know what you know how uncomfortable jeans have become. Yeah. Jeans, yeah. Jeans are uncomfortable now. Yeah, you know <laughs> yeah, what I'm saying. Forget about it. Anyway, I watched a little bit of that uh, documentary on um, Netflix. Wh- which one? The, you, you watched the fire one. Fire. Oh, I watched a little bit of it. So I watched I'm, the whole thing. I'm super pumped. Did you guys see it on the forum? No, no, what's going oh, on? Oh, I, I told you. So what was it? Last week or whatever when I told you guys to watch it and um, and it blew me away that uh, Mark Weinstein was in it. And today or yesterday I was on the forum and there's already a big old thread on it. So our forum is already... I, I was hoping to surprise our forum so those that don't 
know this that's not on the forum. Uh, Fire is the documentary. Last week I'm watching it. It's like 13 minutes in or so, and Mark Weinstein comes up. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, I fucking know this guy. Yeah. I pause it. I tell Katrina, I'm like, how do I know him? And she's like, uh, I don't know. I'm like, no, I for sure know this guy. Like, everything about him is familiar, and it's not like familiar. I've seen you on TV. It's like we've definitely no. talked, right? Yeah, like I've literally had conversations with this guy. Yeah. So I, I, I had the same, like, experience. And so I, I looked him up real quick on, on social media, trying to see if that would remind me of something, and I screenshot it, sent it over to Taylor, and the reason why I sent it to Taylor because he's got kind of a Taylor look. Yeah. And I'm like, I think I remember like yeah. calling him something related to Taylor or teasing yeah, Taylor I about could, him being yeah, a twin was, brother. Right. I was calling like uh, Superman's uh, evil twin. Bizarro. Bizarro. World. So he was like Bizarro Taylor is what yeah. we actually called him. Right. So I send it, <laughs> I send it to Taylor. And Taylor right away goes, oh, that's Mark from uh, Spartan. And I was like, oh. So then I t- look at my phone because I knew we exchanged That's numbers. so crazy he was a part of that whole debacle. He wasn't just a part of it. Like, he, He's an I, integral piece to yeah, it Yeah, he was the most interviewed person on that entire documentary. So here's what blew me away about because I only watched the first, uh, maybe almost the first half. First off, I remember reading all about it, so I'm very familiar with what happened. It was this huge, it was supposed to be... This extremely exclusive, massive, crazy... It's like Coachella for just rich people. Yeah, music festival on an island in the Bahamas. And apparently they had bought uh, Pablo Escobar's island... And it was just it was super exclusive. Private Which, planes only flying in. That's where they went like extremely wrong. If they would have just not like advertised that it was Pablo Escobar's island, probably would have pulled it off. Yeah. So and 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 there were. I mean, this is how crazy it was. You could get a yacht out there for two hundred fifty thousand dollars. You could get your own bungalow for like fifteen thousand dollars. It was supposed to be super exclusive. But what really blew me away was because we all know what happened, right? It turned out to be the biggest disaster of all time. Uh, they, you know, people showed up. The, the, there were silly tents set up. There was no sewage system set up. People right. were, they were serving them cheese like relief sandwiches from yeah. hurricane. Oh, it became a, it became a massive disaster. The guy's probably going to go to jail over it. But what's crazy is first of all how he closed everybody on it. Yeah. And then second was just how how they were able to use social media. Yeah. They just flew oh, in yeah. a bunch of models, like supermodels, mm-hmm. and had them all post on Instagram. And then within 48 hours, they fucking sold out. I cannot wait to talk to Mark about it because he uh, was in the mix of all. So I shot him a text right away. Um, he's not. He's no. He's not doing any consulting for Spartan anymore. So he wasn't. So that email. What, what, did, what did he do for them? I forgot. He was, he's I a remember consult- he helped us with. So the he's pl- like a special event planner. Uh, yeah. Like so that's how he got. Obviously that's that's, how, his, that's his gig. So obviously that's how he got inter- inter- intertwined with the fire thing. Is mm. he was hired for that, um, and I know that he only got paid like thirty percent of his monies. Up front, and then the other seventy, he was waiting for the event to go off and finish. Yeah. So him and a lot of other people got fucked. But anyways, it's a a crazy documentary. I highly recommend watching it. I've got Mark coming, so I wanted to surprise the audience and actually get like inside perspective on it and have have him on the show. We are going to have him on the show. There, there must be so much more dirt. I, that's why. I, that's why yeah. I did it. I was like, even though there's a documentary out and you could watch all the crazy stuff, like I can't wait to talk to somebody who had. You know, inside info. I mean, it's sound bites you hear on but the for, documentary. For me, it's all about the psychology of it all because just because you have a bunch of supermodels posting, you know, and they were vague about their posting, like what they're doing or whatever, to create more interest in in in, uh, in what's going on. And then they all posted the orange tile on their Instagram saying "fire coming soon" or whatever. Mm. And they sold out with these super expensive. Just because all these super rich people thought it was extremely exclusive, 
fucking sold out in 48 well, hours. You didn't probably, if you only made it halfway through, yeah. you might have not seen what happened to. So they're trying to hold the models responsible. Yes. And what? Some yeah. people were suing the they're models. Suing the models for, yeah, that's, for promoting it. For that, promoting and advertising. I don't know it. if you could do that. That's so Yeah, I don't think that's, I, I don't think that's. Well, right it's. Because they're doing with their job. They're they're, well, there's some get, accountability that definitely should be established, but I don't see that. Right. I, yeah, no, I, I find it really interesting that that's a possibility so let me tell you what that would do if that if if that precedent gets set it would be like if you're a celebrity getting paid by coke to be on their commercials and then you know someone becomes obese or something from coke they could sue you the the celebrity who who advocated for coca-cola you know what i'm saying like these are models that got paid like they're get they they got paid just yeah, just post they, that they they're going to be there. They did their job that they paid them for. That's all they were supposed to do. Are they responsible for the fact? Well, that Well, I don't even apart? think I don't. I mean, no, I don't think they are. No, I don't agree with that. Although, I do like I like the scare of it because it there, it it starts to have a little bit of accountability with what's going on right now that I see in the. I mean, I just did a post yesterday. I don't know if you guys read the post. I, just I loved did. it yeah. so much. Yeah. I wish I could like. I, you know what I did? Yeah. Double like. I, 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 I liked it. <laughs> I unliked it, and I liked it again. Yeah, just so I go. could like just, it more than to, once. Just to get it in the algorithm. You know, but we. It's it's very, it's very interesting to me to see what's going on right now um, in social media and social media businesses, and you're starting to see a lot, a lot of people popping up out of nowhere that gain some sort of fame whether it be through photos or knowing somebody or just being really good at creating imagery on social media or being funny or doing cool shit. And, you know, they're getting enough eyes on them that mm -hmm. they can build a, a little business where they're generating some revenue. And then from there, they're, they're, they're pivoting and they are, you know, selling tickets to come hear them talk and teach others how to do it. And it's how to just, become an influencer. Yeah. And it's becoming this vicious cycle. And, they, and then you see like these models who are just, you know, they get up there because they get, you know, a million plus followers because they're hot and show ass photos. And then they just take, you know, $25,000 a post, you know, just to throw whatever up there, whether they're using it or if they're really going to be there or not. And it's like, man, I mean, I, I, I'm definitely, you know, well, on the side of free market thing, and it's to each their own. And if people are stupid, then whatever. But I do like the getting them shook up a little bit and scaring these models. It's still, it's still completely, um, it's still completely along the lines of, of freedom. Look, look, if you get sued uh, because some, it's it, because you were misleading or whatever. That's not so. What would what I won't, wouldn't want is government regulation. That's what I wouldn't want. That's Agre what I don't agreed. Think agreed. Wants. I think you should be free to, if you want to sell an influencer academy tickets or whatever, pay me 10 grand to teach you how to build your social media business, which is what they're all doing. And you go pay 10 grand and you think you got ripped off, take them to court. That's, mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. Or post about how shitty it was and give them a shitty review. There's nothing wrong with that at all. I personally think that whole model is gonna is a bubble. I think it's gonna burst. Well, it's a bubble because what's happening right now, and the reason why there isn't a backlash is because a lot of these young kids that are going to these, they don't know if they're getting bullshit or not. They don't know if it's bad or not. And what I've noticed is, if you go to these group, these these influencer things, masterminds, whatever. There's a million different names that we're we're putting on them. And you go there and there's, you know, 25 to 100, depending on how big or popular this person is, people there, most of the people there are already like kind of 
on the right track of trying to build their own thing and they got 500 to you know 5,000 followers or so, so and they're trying to find out how do they generate millions like this person I'm paying for to come see. And the worst thing that happens, even if that person didn't put on a good presentation, the bare minimum, I meet 30 other people that have got 500 to a few thousand that are into the same space as I am. And it becomes this like, oh, I I networked with a lot of people and that's valuable to me. And so I think a lot of people are justifying the... The networking piece well, of it t- for the for the ticket that they pay. What really happens? They do. They connect to these people, but then they all get in cahoots with. I'm going to post this. You guys have enough social influence that you're going to like it. You're going to comment on it. It's going to boost me up in the rankings. It's a total ring. It's a racket. It's a way to hack the system. Yeah, and you know, anytime you this is a and I can't remember. There's a term for it. It's a psychological term where somebody will spend time doing something or invest money doing something. And because it was so much time and money that even if the returns are objectively terrible, they'll justify it. They'll be like, well, you know, because it's, you don't want to face the fact that you got ripped off. Yeah, yeah, you don't totally. want to face the fact that, oh, my right. God, I spent all this time. So what they'll do at the end of it is be like, well, I did make all these good connections and I did have a good time and right. I got to I, meet this person. I right. even rewrote. like So I wrote it out and I was kind of like fired up while I was writing it. And I referred to the people buying these instead of referring to them as people is what everybody read i originally had idiots and i took that out because i was like you know what like if i insult those people they're even less likely to come forward and say something and that's not what's going to help this situation if what's going to help this is more and more people coming forward and being like i too got scammed or i too fell for it and i spent this money on doing this shit and so cognitive dissonance thank you doug yeah Yeah. and and so i pulled that out because i didn't want to feel like i was insulting those people because you know fuck they don't a lot of them don't know any better and this is a this is a a new emerging market right now that's why it's okay so here's how you see how bubbles start to get formed um is when there's an emerging market and there's lots of hype around it and all of all that happens when a bubble pops it's, it's it's a market correction it's the the, the value of uh, uh, the perceived value doesn't match the actual value. And so the bubble pops. And sometimes bubbles are created through uh, government uh, regulation and intervention, where the government, let's say, comes out with legislation that says you have to give all these people loans, even if they don't qualify, because everybody deserves a house and it sounds good. And then you get a bubble in loans and you get a bunch of people who don't qualify. And then all of a sudden, nobody can pay their loans off. And then that's kind of what happened in 2008. Right. What you have right now it, is this bubble or this this all this hype and excitement around building a, a being an entrepreneur with social media. Right. So it's social media entrepreneurship, and it kind of seems and looks on the outside really easy it's because a because it's new. Like, oh yeah. my god, I know this. I can see this person. They were a nobody, and then they built their business off social media. I can do that too. So you've got all these people who are excited, and they're like, "Now what? What do I do now?" It's MLM rebranded. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the whole thing. It's if you look at these trends, it it always starts with somebody benefiting more than these other people now jumping in afterwards, and it's it's this this multi level tiered pyramid. It's it, it it you see these things emerge in different forms all the time, and I think that people get sucked into it because initially it works. You know, if you're first to market and you're like you're doing this and like you're getting everybody to buy into the all idea. You need is one person like if i if i'm an if i'm an influencer and my mo is you know making other influencers all i need is one person that says that i'm the reason why they got so big now if i'm a smart influencer this is what you do okay i'm just gonna be straight up with you 
if I'm going through social media and I see someone with 10,000 followers and they're fucking, wow, this person's really awesome. They're good looking. They're hot. They got good information. I'm going to contact them and tell them I'll help them out for free. That way it looks like I helped them build their, because they probably would have built it on their own anyway. <laughs> and, and this is what ends up happening with a lot of these people. So you see some of these, some, there's some of these big, uh, these big names who have these, uh, you know, whatever you want to call them, these, what they call them, influencer academies or, uh, you know, I, what, what, else, what other names do they have? Masterminds or whatever. And what they'll do is they'll find some of these talented people and they'll bring them on their team. And that makes them look like they're more, you know, even bigger and even better than they really are. Right. And it's just a bubble. It's going to pop. At some point, it's going to be a parody. At some point, it's going to be, you know, it'll be interesting. People will make fun of it. I don't, I don't know. Be I don't know because there's, you know, shit, MLM still exists. So who knows? Yeah. But speaking of, social media post and uh the other day i think it was just two posts ago or whatever i saw you kind of stirring the pot a little bit with uh lane and the vaccine post wow yeah that one went like crazy yeah dude he i think he lives to start shit you know with people <laughs> he thrives in it well what it was is his post um was all about uh, anti-vaxxers and so you're seeing this huge political push right now and in, in, in this is what politicians do. This is what they're very good at: is they draw a line in the sand and then they make they, they create a, an enemy off of one side. And so the neck, the latest one is now uh, people who are pro-vaccine or anti-vaccine. And what I mean by a la- line in the sand is you're either pro all vaccines yeah, all the time, vaccine. or you're against all vaccines yeah. all the time. There is no middle. You know what I mean? There is no like like if I came out and I'm like, well, you know. Some vaccines are really effective. Some, you know, maybe not yeah. that good. Like the flu vaccine, yeah. not that, not that efficacious. Some are a bit questionable. I don't know why you would do that. You know, like, you can't question any of them. Yeah, you know, like there's one. There's been vaccines in the past that have caused problems, and you know, with, with people, and you know, so I, I like to look at them individually. Boom, labeled anti-vaxer. Right. And now you're the, you know, you're the other side. You're the enemy, or you're, 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 you're. You're so pro vaccines mm-hmm. that you believe everybody should be forced to get all of them, forced by law to get all of them. And so he did this post, and so that's what I posted uh, underneath. And I said, you know, I, I don't, I some, it's okay to question things on an individual level. All medicines like that, like there's some antibiotics that are safer than others. Vaccines, probably the same way. Plus, you know, people's body makeups are different. Anyway. So we went, I didn't go back and forth with Lane, but there were people underneath my comment who were going back and forth with me. But, and then he did another thing to today on, 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 on Twitter. I'll read oh it. no, he's got another, I didn't read yeah, today's. He, yeah. He puts, uh, walks into room, lights match. Carnivore is not for optimal health. Keto and fasting are not magic and still obey the laws of energy balance. Vaccines are very good. The government is not trying to make us sick. Veganism isn't a cure for cancer. <laughs> Drops match. <laughs> Drops he like, you know what we should do? Yeah. Let's call Lane. Oh, we should keep stoking this fire. I want to ask him why he's a why why he does that. Why yeah. why he likes to be addicted. Well, no, I'd love to hear you ask him some questions on the vaccines because I think that's a really good topic too. Just um and I and I think I I for me personally, especially right now I'm in the middle of uh, trying to make a baby with Katrina over here and at one point hopefully I'm successful and I'm going to be faced with these things and I'm going to be honest with you like I've heard there's so many that you get bombarded with that I don't know should I do none of them should I do all of them are there certain ones that I should do or not do like 
I'm, I don't even want to think about all the research I'm going to have to do when this comes up. Yeah. I mean, I mean, objectively speaking, vaccines are one of the greatest uh, breakthroughs in Western medicine. Yeah. Uh, objectively, also speaking, I think it's it's smart to always question right. anything you're going to put anything in your that's body. Mandated, you should probably question. And, it. and if it's mandated, especially, yeah, question. That's it. how I feel. Well, anyway, let's let you guys want to get get them on the phone. Yeah, call, yeah. Calls us. Call him, Doug. Can you can you can you hook it up? See if it works. He's, oh, pro- he's probably angry right, right now online as we speak. <laughs> See if he answers. Hello? Hello? Lane. Lane. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Ah. <laughs> What's up, dude? Hey, you're on Mind Pump right now. Yeah. We interrupt your Twitter uh, anger session? No, no, no. I, I I can multitask. It's good. I can, you know, it's fine. I'm I'm, I'm driving my child and I'll be tweeting at the same time, you know, because safety. Dude, <laughs> uh, what's your deal with the vaccines right now? Why, why are you being such a dick to the people who don't like vaccines? <laughs> No, uh, no, we're we're no 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 tweeting while driving. No tweeting while driving. That's that's the rule. Yeah, no, I'm no. What's up with the vaccine thing right now? How come you're going after the the people who are questioning vaccines? Seems like that's your that's your thing. Oh uh, well, no, not really. Um, I just I thought it was uh, if if you look at the the post, uh, the first one, it was more of I just thought it was funny that while. People want to poo-poo about vaccines. They're promoting essential oils as a as a quote-unquote cure. <laughs> um, I, I'm not going to sit here and blanketly say that there's no vaccines that don't have any adverse effects. Um, I mean, you are injecting a weakened virus, and so sometimes people get a little sick. And I mean, but here's the thing: if you look at the side effects label of any over-the-counter drug, because remember. Even if somebody could say, for example, uh, like there's an adverse event list versus adverse effects. So, you know, you side effects are things that have been documented over and over and over and kind of we have a mechanism for them. Uh, events are things that we just are case studies. So, for example, I can have a vaccine, get in a car wreck on the way home and say, well, you know, that vaccine caused me to have a car wreck because of X, Y, Z. Now that's an adverse event. Now, nobody thinks that. But, you know, if you get anything, like pick anything out. So um, I think that, you know, a lot of people like to kind of pick on the flu vaccine because it's, I mean, if you want to, if you want to go by the numbers, it's it's somewhat ineffective because if they pick the wrong strain, you could still get the flu. But the research does seem to indicate that if you get the flu, it will be less uh, less severe than normal. And as somebody who's had the flu, like, okay, let me back up. I hear a lot of people t- sometimes say, oh, uh, yeah, I think I've got the flu. No. If you've ever had actual influenza, you know, because it is a whole nother ball game. I don't know if you guys have ever had it, but. My God, like I had it and I'm a pretty resilient person. It absolutely completely took me out for three weeks. Like I understand how that kills healthy people. So Lane, this is this is Adam right now. I got a quick question for you then. Of course. What what shirt do you have on today, Adam? Uh I'm I'm wearing a champion hoodie right now, brother. Attaboy. Yeah. So <laughs> hey, I, I you know, right now Katrina and I are in the middle of trying to make a baby and uh, I'm not trying not literally though, not uh, right now. Yeah. Right. 
I'm videotaping. Congratulations. Yeah, and so uh, this is uh, the fact that you post this. This I, I brought this conversation up with Sal today because, uh, you know, never have I really had to think about this stuff. And soon, obviously, or hopefully, yeah. uh, I'll be having to look into a lot of this. And so this is not an area that I typically go into and get into debates with someone like yourself or Sal. But just out of curiosity, you know, are there certain vaccines that, you know, you would stay away from or are you, say, take them all? Like, do you have a or certain ones you're like, I think you absolutely should take those ones, but not others? I mean, so first off, I'm not an immunologist, right? So this is this is completely 100 percent my opinion. You know, I think if you don't want to get the flu vaccine or something like, um, you know, like in your kids, like they're. Let me put it this way. Let me back up. Something like the measles, something, you know, vaccines of things that are cause completely preventable deaths. I think those I would recommend people get them. Um, But, you know, there are some vaccines where it's kind of, you know, optional where, you know, like the flu vaccine, those sorts of things. Um, I after again, after having influenza a couple of years ago, I will elect to get the flu shot. (laughs) Um, but if somebody doesn't want to, you know, that's, although, I mean, so as we know, I know you all fellow libertarians, the libertarian side of me struggles with this because, uh, I know a lot of, I think I, I think I've read that you guys have said, you know, well, we're not necessarily against vaccines, but we don't think it should be mandatory. Is that, is that kind of, uh, Uh, absolutely. I don't think you should be for, and we don't have a great track record of forced things. The government does to people. We've got a pretty terrible track record. So I'm always, think, yeah. as soon as they tell me I have to do something, I always, my ears perk up every time. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, so this is something I would struggle with as a libertarian from both sides, just uh, because, for, okay, so the, the, the devil's advocate argument is that, um, well, if you don't get it, you're reducing the, the kind of herd immunity, uh, the overall immunity of the community. And increasing the likelihood that more people are going to get sick, so you are effectively could negatively impact somebody else through your actions, which is a fundamental crux of libertarianism. That you know basically do no harm, do what you want, but as long as you do no harm to others, right? So vaccination, forced vaccination, be something I'd really struggle with. I'm I'm not sure from a philosophical standpoint what the right answer is there. All it's right. kind of like so, Sal. You you uh you kind of um. The other day, you, you asked me, you're like, well, what are your thoughts on, like, abortion, religion, and <laughs> right? So, but I'll, I'll be honest, like, I really struggle with abortion. I really do. Because on one hand, I sit there and say, well, I'm not a woman. I don't know what that's like. It's not my body. And on the other hand, I say, well, it kind of comes down to where do you establish the point of life, right? Is it? Once a baby is delivered, is it conception? Is it once you hear a heartbeat? Is it once there's Lane, know, Lane, thought? Yeah, Lane, don't don't you dare take us down this wow. rabbit hole. Yeah, don't you yeah, don't yeah. you dare oh, take us. That's, I, too, that's too far, dude. I'm going I'm going to ask you one quick question, and you have to give me a short <laughs> answer before we hang up with you right now. And uh, and I want you to give one piece of advice to okay. a, a young man, a young nerdy man, maybe not as uh, ex- not much of an extrovert, maybe not dated a lot of women before, maybe a little in- <laughs> maybe a little insecure. What would you give him one piece of advice on how to pick up a, a hot chick like Holly? 
You guys must have. So did you see her post where like there was like five different dudes who were like. What are you doing with Lane? <laughs> no, I didn't see that. I, I, di- I didn't, but I do want you to get if you were to if you were to tell this young man you were to give him a piece of of inspiration. What would you say to him that because he, he looks up to you? What would you say? <laughs> yes, Lane Norton, inspiration for nerds trying to get a hot chick everywhere. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like that T-shirt. Right. <laughs> so I only have an N of one, right? Okay. So you kind of uh, we're dealing with complete anecdote. Um, so short answer, yes. um, you have to have confidence, you have to have confidence, whether I like, it's, I like you know, that. confidence in yourself, whatever, but that's, that's, so here's the longer answer real quick. I'll cut it down to 60 seconds. Okay. Confidence is not something you can just have. You have to build it and it starts small. You know, set small goals, get yourself some some victories so that you can build that confidence. My confidence was built over years of, hey, I, I got a, an A on this test. Uh, hey, I hit this PR. Hey, I did this in business and it worked. You know, that was what built confidence. And from, you know, Holly's not like a lot of other women, though, because she is very attractive, but she's also very smart. Like he said, she essentially... Gave up on dating until she met me because she's like, I didn't think I'd meet somebody who was intelligent enough, but also allowed me to be independent and didn't get threatened by my independence. Mm. Uh, you know, I think that's also another thing. If you're, if you're going to, if you're going to, that's it. No, 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 that's it. That's all you get. That was, that was beautiful. <laughs> that's, it. that's all you get. That's all you get. We'll call you. We'll call no, you. I'll get, say that. Uh, I'll say that for my dating ebook. Then. All right. Yeah. All right, man. We'll Next controversial topic. <laughs> all right. Bro. You up. Love, good. love you, brother. Talk to you later. Yeah. All right, guys. Have a great one. Thanks. See ya. Did, 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 he, did he just say, did you say <laughs> she's not like other women? Who, she's good looking and smart. <laughs> Oh God! I love that. That's yeah. a quote. You know, yeah. you here's know, another one. Have a way with Here's words, what huh? I like about Lane. He uh. just he just goes. <laughs> I love that. We were talking about vaccines, which is already a third rail. Right, right. He goes right he, to he abortion. Doubles down onto abortion. I'm, I'm like, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, we're not going. That. We're yeah, not yeah, talking yeah. about yeah, that yeah, at all. This would be an hour. We always call. open yeah. up a can. No, no, <laughs> every time. No, I, I, yeah, no, I, I think I, I like what he says about it. I think he when you when you pin him down and ask him, he he stirs up a lot of shit. But when you pin him down, he's a lot more measured than he seems. He throws that out there to get the eyes and the attention. And all that, and I, I see what he's doing. Well, I get yeah. a lot of people that are not fans of Lane that uh, question why do we like him or why are we why are we that way? And you know, I found Lane originally when I was getting into the bodybuilding thing, and I was actually really frustrated with the information that I was searching and and, and finding, and the people that I was talking to in the space because there was just a lot of bullshit and really bad stuff, really bad information. And so I come across this guy that's kind of, you know, he's very combative with the way he he comes after. But I get it because I had the same kind of, you know, anger towards like, oh, my God, look at all these people that are just providing terrible information. And so I I know his heart is in the right place, you know, so that I think that's the part of me that likes him is that I know that his intentions are well. And he's and what's happened that I think that is good and bad is that he's gained a lot of attra- attraction or attention, attention by doing that. That was your Freudian slip right Yeah, sorry. <laughs> gained a lot of attention <laughs> by doing it that way, so it's fed into it even more. And so now I think he even comes off 
harder on 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 topics that I know him well enough to know that he doesn't feel that strong about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm with so. you. So uh, because we're talking about social media and all that stuff, there was an article that was shared. Who shared this one? I want to say it was uh, Enzo. Enzo must have shared this. Yeah, he did. Enzo sent this one. Good job, Enzo. Yeah, <laughs> such Enzo's a good kid. Up. Such a good. You know what he said to me the other day? That fucking cracked me up. I'm gonna go off on a little tangent here. It's hilarious. He's <laughs> sitting in the office, dude. Dude. Oh yeah. He's sitting in the office and uh, you know he's doing his job or whatever, like a good kid. And I walk in. They're like, "What's up, everybody? What's up, Enzo?" He's like, "Hey, Sally." He goes, "I got my 23 and Me test back." I'm like, "Oh, that's cool." And he goes, "So." Did you know that there's a gene that they can test that shows that you have genetically, you are genetically predisposed for muscle strength and power, or there's a gene that you have that shows that you're predisposed for athletic endurance. Oh, wow. Or there's an extremely rare gene, it's not common, that's neither strength, neither power, nor endurance. He goes, that's the one I have. <laughs> <laughs> we were dying, bro. Because the way he said it, yeah, the- <laughs> he's like, I got the worst. I got neither. I got the the, yeah. the rare ones that are. <laughs> that, I, I'm not, I got the gift. Yeah, not yeah. strong or <laughs> stamina. Anyway, it was great. But he sent this article that was uh, uh, pretty awesome. So researchers took people's tweets and we're able to, through examining the tweets, we're able to approximate someone's behavior and location, and it wasn't the person doing the tweet. Okay? So whoa, whoa, let me whoa. reword that. Yeah, yeah, explain that. So let's say you're hanging out with friends or whatever, and you're like, I don't want to be on social media. I don't like that. They know too much about me. I don't like that they target me with advertising. I want to stay dark. Doesn't fucking matter. If your friends are tweeting and shit like that, and you're with them and around them, and every once in a while you pop in one of the tweets or whatever, people can use all the people around you to find shit out about you and find out where you are and find out lots of valuable information about you. What? So even though you are you go dark, all the people around you that you hang around with, they can use their information to find shit out about you. Expl- how- wow. Explain how they do that. They, yeah. buy, pre- they can predict it through the online behavior of people that you know. So, right, so if I'm con- if they if they oh, see that I see. I constantly talk like I engage on Instagram with YouTube more than anybody else probably right, mm-hmm. and then the and then the two and then there's lots of pictures of you yeah. and I together. I, you've also seen me go to Chipotle off of whatever street, and then you two happen to be there, but you don't see me. There. So, we saw a little bit of an example of that on that show you on on Netflix, yeah, right? like how he was able to find and triangulate like where she would be at this coffee shop or whatever, and he would just show up. Yes, know. yes. So I'll read a part of the article it says the researchers found by gathering 30 million public posts on twitter from nearly 14,000 users that they could use information in tweets posted by eight or nine of a user's contacts to predict that it, the to predict the user's own future tweets just as accurately as if they're reviewing that user's actual twitter feed so in other words the online behavior of those close to you on social media can be just as predictive of future behavior as your official recorded social media activity. Dude, we are creatures of habit. I mean, at at the end of the day, like as much as we don't want to be, it's like every day has a pattern to it. Well, look at what it says here. The researchers also revealed that those who abandoned their Twitter or Facebook profiles and those who never signed up for social media platforms to begin with can still have their future behavior tracked and predicted with 95% accuracy 
using the online activity of their friends. Wow. So you may be someone that's like- 90% active. 95%. Yeah. Wow. So you could go, and you could be you like- You got a flip phone. You don't even have a smartphone. It doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter. Advertiser, everybody's oh, going to be- Yeah, they'll, they'll know what you're going to do just because of the people around you and what they put out. Yeah. How fucking crazy well, that, is that? I mean, and, and, and that kind of goes into uh, this other uh, article that Taylor actually sent me, which was like talking about like China's new app. So uh, this is why we had concerns, because we see already now that uh, it, it looks a lot like like these Nazi Germany practices oh, already. Big brother. Right. Big so you have this app that basically it will let you know based off of proximity around you who has debt but could also pay that debt and is not uh, paying their debts. So you could basically like shame them uh, for not paying their debts. And, and Now, do you get points? Because they have that social credit system. It's kind of like a big social media platform but owned and operated by the government, right? To, yeah. To manipulate people into certain behaviors. Do you lose points for being around people with bad yeah. Oh my yeah, God. you lose points. It's it's called Map of Deadbeat Debtors. Oh no. Like that's like literally what like that's people are Yeah. Oh wow. It's I'm like, this is absurd, Bro, dude. So- it's like whistleblowing, uh, you know, like when, when somebody would see something and then they would just like tell the authorities right away for just like the most minuscule things. So it's like you'll have this app, you'll be walking and then all of a sudden it'll be beep, 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 yeah. beep, beep, and you'll look at it and be like, Oh shit, that dude over there. Like everybody's looking at you all of a sudden. I can't like, stand oh, next shit. to him. Yeah. So you're walking around like a pariah. Yeah. Nobody wants to stand near you because they'll lose social points. Yeah, you might as well be a leopard that or le- leopard. Leopard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that too, you know? Yeah. If there was a leopard, yeah, people you would kind of want to get the fuck back. Yeah, people would leopard. step back. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah that's you. crazy. So you guys it's know what's tom- got out of control. You guys know what tomorrow is? No, it's tomorrow. Apparently, uh, there's a fucking thing every day, I swear to God. But I, I think it's yeah, just kind of my cool. birthday. It's like tomorrow. donut day Tom- and stuff like that. No, it's not. Is it your birthday tomorrow? It is. Is it really your birthday tomorrow? Yeah. Holy shit. Happy birthday, buddy. Thanks, man. What are you you turning thirty nine? Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's not. You. It's not quite the big uh, four zero. No, which, no, no. Uh, Yeah, that's your, happening. Your, your gray hairs are are getting there. Yeah, but yeah. good good for you, buddy. Yeah, yeah. thirty nine. Happy right, birthday! Nice. Happy early birthday, man. Yeah. Like, you. Anyway, what were you going to say? So yeah, tomorrow, but, besides so, Justin's birthday, <laughs> that's yeah. you're, I can't believe you're going to tell. I us just something. hijacked your commercial. Yeah, right, well, sorry. Yeah, tell yeah. me what is tomorrow. It's uh, Green Juice Day. Is it really? Like people? <laughs> it's my favorite color, so uh, it makes sense. Hey, apparently, what an asshole! Your co-host knew that it was fucking Green Juice Day tomorrow, but didn't know it was your birthday. <laughs> Man, why does that make so much sense though? Boy, that just backfired. He keeps it a secret. Though. I do. I, I announced my birthday. I know. I'm not. I'm not like <laughs> bullhorning it. <laughs> I don't a, want anything. I, I, I literally thought you were leading into that fact. That's why I said that. I was like trying to jump the gun. No, <laughs> no, and no. that backfired. No, tomorrow is like Green Smoothie Juice Day. Um, so it's a great time to uh, talk about uh, Smoothie Box. Our yeah. Do you do you guys like their green one? So yeah, I'm on it now. I don't know if I told you guys that or not. No. Yeah. So I think that since the last time we've had the did their commercial, I hadn't uh, been subscribed to it now. So are you looking carefully at the ingredients? Tell me it's not freaking amazing. No, no, it's awesome. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And I I really like I, I like them all, but I really really like the Clementine one. That mm-hmm. one. Clemente. Clement, how Clementine. How is Clementine? Clementine. Yeah. What is Clementine. it? Is it? Clem- Can I make it sound fancier? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. It t- it tastes it tastes really good. What My I name ha- is Clementine. What I haven't done, which I, I plan to do, 
is to kind of boost the protein by by uh, adding extra protein into it. Yeah, I know so it that. comes with 20 grams of uh, collagen protein. Yes. Yeah. So you throw like another 20 or 30 grams yeah. of So yeah, the yeah. green juice, I'm at like kale and uh, we got apples, like all the, like the green Avocado. pigments. Avocados in there. Yeah. There's nuts in there. So it's, so it's got healthy, because a lot of times when you make smoothies, it's all 100% sugar from fruit. Yeah. This has got proteins, it's got fats, uh, healthy fats, and then of course it does have uh, some of the fruit sugars in there, and it tastes really good. It's man. refreshing, but delicious. Here's, I had the, it. here's the secret. Uh, my recommendation is add a little bit of stevia, or um, add a little bit of honey to it to make it a little sweeter. It tastes oh, really good. See, I don't even think, I wouldn't even give that advice. I don't think it needs it, but what I will say is... It, you want you don't need to add any ice because it's frozen and so that already makes it thick and you probably want to put I do about a cup and a half of almond milk because one cup too thick too thick yeah, yeah. and you want a good blender so it's because it because it's all real food you know it ends up being really really thick you need a the blender what's the one you guys use that's so damn powerful the Vitamix. That's it. Yeah. That makes it turn into like a. Wish we were sponsored by them. Yeah. We need to be. Yeah. That was it, it. Made it a like a creamy um, texture. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. It wasn't because um, I used the regular blender, and it didn't do nearly as good. That, job. that the it's the almost like a milkshake. I don't even want to say it, it's a knock, but that's something that people should know is that it's not it's not like this processed shake that you would get at like a you know nutri shop where you no it's real throw food. it in and you shake it up. You're not going to want to shake this up. You want to blend. You want to blend. It. You yeah, have to. Man. It's chunks of food. It's chunks yeah. of vegetables and fruit. Yes. And stuff. Uh, yeah. that's, so I think that's important to let people know. Like it, you're gonna, you're gonna want to blend this. What's nice though is that you don't have to go get all the fruit and vegetables and store it, and then some of it goes bad, and then chop it all up. It's so quick. You just dump it in the blender, and no, then I give it to my son post workout um, after his workout. So I'll give him because he likes that. You know, I'm giving him something cool like that, and then I'll do it. I probably do it three three days out of the week in the morning. That's my breakfast. Nice. Because it's like, what is it, 300-something calories, very balanced with mm -hmm. the, the, the collagen, and mm -hmm. sometimes I'll add a little extra protein in there, and we're set. No, I'm liking it. This quaz brought to you by Organifi. For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory-tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. First question is from Hunk in that funk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What is the difference between variations of a lunge, such as a backstep walking or side lunge? What is the point of using different variations? Isn't a lunge a lunge? Oh, that's a cool. That's a cool question. Yeah. So here's the the part of the answer that I think is the most important part because I and I think we'll go into the whole like you know exercise is a skill and because it's different that alone uh, is a is a sends a different stimulus to the body. And we'll get into that in a second, but here's the, the 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 better part of the answer. When I'm stepping forward into a lunge, although the exercise looks the same as I'm doing the lunge as it would if I were stepping back into a lunge, it's coming out of and into the lunge that also make a difference. So when I'm stepping forward, I'm decelerating my body coming forward, which means I'm going to be focusing a little bit more on knee extension of mm. the front leg. So it's going to be more quadricep. When I'm stepping out of it and pushing myself back to a normal standing position, again, I'm having to focus more on knee extension where I'm kicking off with my leg 
it's going to be more quadriceps. Yeah, there's a different firing sequence that's happening between those two as an example. And so the, the focus is different. And so it's good to vary that uh, in order in order to build up uh, strengths within both of those different uh, applications. So, And then we could get into different angles in, in terms of, of stepping into a different plane and then uh, creating a different dynamic that way as well, which is valuable in terms of functional ways of moving and being strong in all kinds of different directions. Well, yeah. a side lunge is way different, right? So yeah, if, that's it's a, way different. if it's a different That's point, a totally different exercise. Yeah, right. If it's a different plane, it's a different exercise yeah. at that point. You know, for sure, it's a, it's a different exercise. But I like this question because the because you're still in the sagittal plane when you're moving to a, a front lunge or a back lunge, but there is a big difference when you do a reverse lunge. To pay attention to so like when you do a forward lunge, like Sal said, it's, it's there's there's more knee extension, and then your your knee will even come forward, right? So as you and the momentum is carrying your body forward. When you do a reverse lunge, your knee doesn't go forward at all; it stays in that fixed position, and so the glute takes a lot more of the load as you come backwards. So what would normally be taking a lot of the load, the deceleration of the, the forward lunge is a lot of quad dominant. When you go backwards mm-hmm. and you step back, the glutes are what really mm-hmm. now now both are incorporated in both the front and the back, but you put a little more emphasis on the glute mm-hmm. by doing a, a back step lunge. It's, yeah, it's you can feel the difference in the anterior uh emphasis versus the posterior emphasis by uh like decelerating that force, like you said. Yeah, I mean when you step back, what gets you out of a back step lunge. So imagine somebody for for and I want to I want to paint this picture because I think sometimes we we f- we forget that we're not talking to other trainers right. If you imagine someone standing straight up and then they step back into a lunge and then step back forward to the standing position, the muscles that are pulling them forward are the glutes and hamstrings. When you're stepping forward into a lunge and then pushing yourself back into standing position, the muscles that are pushing you back are more quadricep. So it's literally emphasizing different parts uh, of your body. So if you want to work more glutes, back step lunge. If you want to work more quads, front step lunge. But it's not just that, because that, that's a very simple, uh, simplistic way of explaining this, but it's not just that. The body also uh, adapts to small differences just because you have to become coordinated to them. Mm-hmm. So even though the exercise looks very, very similar, I'm having to acclimate to the fact that I'm moving differently than I normally do. And that challenges my body a little bit differently. Right. And yeah. all these small variations in stimuli cause uh, more changes in the body because the body adapts very well to novelty. Mm-hmm. Now, there's there's also the you also want to get good at something enough so that the novelty isn't so overwhelming that you can't really apply lots of force. Like if you're just stepping all over the place and you never have good balance, I'm never able to really generate enough force to really do what I need to do to build muscle and strength. But novelty itself sends a different signal. This is why you could take someone and have them bench press a particular way um, and change the novelty enough to where I can literally have someone do the same amount of reps, same everything, and just tell them, I want you to take an extra grip. Change your grip or go extra two seconds on the way down and way yeah, up. Right. And that change alone right. changes the exercise. It's those little variances and it, it changes the, the sequence, like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, although the prime movers involved in the exercises are probably the same, just adding that different stimulus of where you're firing first or where you're stabilizing first or, you know, varying that to some degree is going to create a new uh, ability to adapt and change. I actually think that there's a, a 
an order of operation too on like teaching the lunge to somebody. So I think stationary lunge is first. Yep. Yep. Then I think a back step lunge is second, and then I think a forward lunge is actually third. Yep. And the reason why that is that there's a there's normally a limiting factor on the front the front lunge. The front lunge, uh, if you don't have good ankle mobility, then a lot of people will travel forward. Their mm-hmm. heel will come off the ground, or they'll stress their knees because they don't have the ankle mobility. Mm-hmm. And when you do the back step lunge, like I was mentioning, is it keeps you in that fixed position with your shin, so your your knee doesn't travel forward. So it's it, a great way so to challenge. It's also easier to maintain that upper upright posture. So like it, you have when less you step back. Yeah, when you step back. So, so that, that's why I, I start there because yeah, I'm trying to really establish that you know tall chest and shoulders retracted position to where the the natural tendency a lot of times when you go forward is to lean into it. So. I'm going to take it to another level because uh, someone may be listening and think, saying, oh, okay, cool. So if I step forward, it's more quad. So therefore, walking lunges are more quad. No. Walking lunges are also more glute. Even though you're stepping forward, you're not pushing yourself back to a standing position. You're stepping forward, but then you're stepping forward with the other leg. Mm-hmm. A, a walking lunge is actually far more like a back step lunge than a front step lunges. That's a good okay? point. And so I would even say that I would take someone through walking lunges before I do the forward uh, forward step lunge. I would take them. Walking lunges it mimics more walking, and uh, it's I, I think it's an easier way to transition. No, I, someone, I, could, I could get down with that. You know. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and and but a forward step lunge is much more like a back step lunge. But think about this way: if you're stationary. And what I mean by stationary is you're stepping into a lunge and stepping back to your starting point. Okay. The direction you're, if you want to work the the sides of your body, if you want to work your abductors, sidestep lunge. If you want to work the front side of your body, your quads, front step lunge. If you want to work the back side of your body more, back step lunge. So it's a really easy way to remember this. So if you're kind of a beginner and you're like, well, okay, what is it? Okay, think about it this way. What sides of your body do you want to emphasize? And I'm splitting hairs because you're working all yeah, the muscles. Yeah, but to that point though, which I think it's, this is also why I used to give a lot of crap to the you know, the the girls that do the, and I shouldn't say girls, I'm sure there's some guys that do it, that do the, they, they stick their asses up in the air, they do the abductor machine yeah. and stuff like that. So you, I think it's way more functional, way more beneficial, and I think you'll get more gains from doing like a side lunge. Of because, course. Because you, you get all the benefits of, of incorporating your ab, abductors and adductors by doing a lateral lunge like that. In addition, you know, it's very functional. You're going to burn more calories. You're going to build more muscle from it. So that that's what was my knock on those machines. And I remember when we first started the show, and we even had Craig back then, and, you know, he was – I was razzing the machine. He's like, oh, I, I think there's a purpose for it. I'm, I'm not saying there's not a purpose for it. I just – there's a million other exercises that I would do first, and the side yeah. lunge is one of those that I would do instead or a side step up. Mm-hmm. And I get the same benefits that machine is giving that person with a lot more carryover. Now, and a, a, a lunge – Technically, um, is a split stance squat, um, and a lunge is a great way to get to learn how to squat. It's easier for me to teach a new person how to lunge properly than it is for me to teach them how to squat. I like squats. I love squats. It's one of the best exercises you could do, but they're 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 very complex. They're difficult for people to do. It requires a decent amount of control and stability in the in the entire body. And so when I take a new client, oftentimes. I'll only have them do lunges for a while um, and then slowly progress them to be able to do more of your traditional uh, you know, type of you know, barbell squats. But lunges are phenomenal, and I don't think they get the credit that, uh, that they deserve. They're an excellent muscle-building 
strength-building exercise as well. I mean, back in the day, lunges were considered a shaping movement. It was like only only girls did them and only you know people who just want to tone did it or whatever. Um, but no, man, lunges, you can get really strong at doing lunges. You will build a considerable amount of muscle and shape in your legs, even if you never did a squat. Next question is from MCD Matt. You guys keep saying practice exercises and treat each lift as a skill. How much time should be spent practicing these movements before ramping up the weight? <laughs> hmm. That's a, that's a, it's a that's, great question. It's a hard one to answer yeah, too because it's like individual. It's like asking somebody who's teaching their kid how to play a play a sport. You know, like when do you progress them to the next move, or yeah. when do you when do you push them to the next level, or when do you add something to that? Yeah, it really depends on how quick that you pick up the skills. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you're if you're trying to learn something and it's shaky and scary and you feel in aches and you don't feel right and it doesn't feel smooth, like, you know, keep practicing. There's no reason for you to keep increase. There's no reason for you to really increase weight yet. But you get to a point where you're in a groove and you feel great and, and then now you start adding stuff to it. Just like I would teach a, a skill of a sport or a trick. You you teach somebody how to snowboard or wakeboard for the very first time. The very first day you get them up on the water or you get them on the snow, you're not teaching them how to do it, you know, an indie grab or a mute grab or some a 360. It's like that doesn't make sense. It's like get this person to understand the fundamentals really well and then you build upon it. The same thing goes with weight training. Before you start adding a bunch of weight, you got to you want to perfect the skill What's first. What's a mute grab? Mm-hmm. It's a type of you, where you it's grab like the a board. Three sixty tomahawk flyer. No, <laughs> yeah, it, it represents where you grab the board. Okay, so it's yeah. not sports ball. No, it's it's sports ball. Yeah. I, so you're I, not in the no cell. I yeah. talked about this uh, a little bit yesterday. I had my aunt actually. Um, she asked me a, a couple months ago if I take her team. She she manages a, a team of uh, investment bankers. If I take them through a workout and talk to them about nutrition and fitness and stuff. And so I took him through some mobility exercises. I, you know, I didn't want to beat him up with a workout. And I talked to, told him why that's, that's a good idea. And then I told them uh, about practicing exercise versus going to the gym and just beating the crap out of yourself. And so mm. this came up, you know, how do I know when I go harder than? Mm. And so the analogy I like to use is, is video games, okay? So it's like when you're playing a video game and you can choose from easy, medium, hard, and expert level. You... the you know it's time to move to the next level when the one you're on is easy. It's no longer challenging. So if you're playing easy level and you're having a tough time and you're getting killed left and right and you're still figuring out how to aim your gun and how to run and how to jump, probably don't want to move to the medium level. But when you're going through that level at easy and you're like, this, this isn't challenging anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I need something different. Now it's time to move to the next level. Go harder. That's literally the advice that I'll give you when it comes to exercise. When you're working out and your form is getting good and then it gets great and then the weight is just easy and it's not challenging and you know what you know when that when you get to that point add weight and and better safe to go that way than it is to go the opposite direction which is uh I don't know if I should add weight but let me just throw some weight on and see yeah. what happens. It's that's usually the wrong time to do it. And sometimes it's the right time to do it, but usually it's the wrong time to do it. So really if if it's no longer challenging, throw some weight on. Your goal is to be perfect at what you're doing be good at it and for it to no longer really be challenging then move to the next level and if you just did that every time you worked out you would progress uh, you know incrementally but consistently throughout your whole workout career it really is as simple as that and i mean it and that's why it's such an individual uh, experience however i also would 
pay attention to the recovery afterwards and see like how my body felt uh, based off of what kind of um, what I was doing in the gym and how that affected me in terms of like how quickly I could recover and felt like I was charged into, you know, pursuing the next workout. So these are all things too, that I would just, I would weigh out based off of like, well, that, you know, I, I'm great. I'm charged. That, like that felt like, you know, that's kind of where I find where that is that that seems like now I could add some stress and a little bit more to that workout I did previously because I didn't feel like you know that that really put me out and I had to recover more. People also underestimate the the the, the stimulus and challenge that learning a new skill places on the body. It doesn't have to be intense. Like if I if if I went outside right now and I were practicing a sport that I never play, I wouldn't have to play it very hard to feel it the next day. I, even right. though I'm fit, even though I work out every single day. I wouldn't have to practice it that much, you know. Yeah. I, I'll have clients all the time who never work out, and I'm just walking them through the movements and practicing movements. No weight, nothing. They're not even sweating or shaking that much. And then I'll get a, a message the next day, and they'll be like, "Wow, I I didn't realize uh, that was working me out. I feel sore in these areas. It's just a, it's a brand new stimulus. I've experienced it with like if you if you put me out right now in a pool and had me go swimming, I never go swimming. But if I did, I don't even have to challenge myself. The next day. I'd feel like I worked out my body a little bit. So, right. so don't, and I can't stress this enough. Try not to judge your workout effectiveness by how sweaty and crazy tired you are during the workout. Don't, yeah. don't, don't worry about that. Go in there, practice the exercise, get really good at it. When it's, when it's easy and it's no longer a challenge, Throw some weight on it and make it a little bit more challenging. And just do that every, ta every time you work out and watch what happens. It's intuition. All right, next question is from Xenia Rador. What do you think about Insta influencers who talk about polarizing your content? For example, veganism and pro-carnivore diet are on opposite ends of the spectrum. So if you want to build your fitness and health business, choose a side. The reasoning is some people will love you and others will hate you and you'll get more eyes on your content. What do you think about this strategy? Yeah, it's a good, dis good discussion. Yeah, no, it's a great discussion because... There's a point. I, I get the point. Don't you feel like new media has totally made this a thing? Like you had to be so general before with old media. You know it is, I mean? but it's a very it's a very scary place to get yourself in. I mean, you you're pigeonholing yourself into a position or a stance on something that, for all you know, may be dead in a year or two. And I'll give you an example. Like right now. The celery thing. I didn't even realize it until I got enough celery diet. Yeah, or juice diet. Or yeah, whatever. it's oh just and you know they're 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 posting all the crazy health benefits uh, attached to it. And I think the only thing that's less nutritious than a than a stick of celery is a is a head of lettuce. I think. I, yeah. I, I, I correct me Iceberg if I'm lettuce maybe. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think I don't think anything is less nutrient dense. Than a, a stick of celery, than a fucking. It's basically so, water with a little bit of fiber. Right, and there was a trend in the the '90s or '80s, maybe even you know, the, the cabbage diet that was like huge for a minute. Apparently, if you just eat cabbage, you lose weight. It's fucking mind blowing. <laughs> right, <laughs> and so you know you got to be careful when you you attach yourself to these these made up words and these made up diets and these made up things that somebody else created to monetize it and make it make money off of it and you jump on that bandwagon and boy it sucks when it's not cool anymore i mean i'll tell you right now the carnivore diet is as pro as i am about some of the the benefits that I, and how it could truly change and change someone's life and help somebody 
it'll be it won't be talked about in two years. It won't. It'll be dead. It'll be a dead topic. Uh, nobody will be care about it. It's just hot right now. It's mm-hmm. so hot to talk about it. But it, it it's gonna die. And if you built your whole business around example, like I just think it's crazy. People that name themselves paleo whatever yeah. or keto or IFYM, uh chick right or uh, yeah exactly or keto whatever and they attach they attach themselves to a diet like that man i just maybe you'll have a nice little run for a minute when it's being hot and it's and it's being searched like crazy but you know good luck keeping that business going on years later well even look if we started mind pump it's funny we had this conversation when we started our, our, our podcast when we sat down we literally talked about how in the new media space, uh, being specific will get you initially more attention and more eyes. So, if I did, if we started a podcast that was um, the Keto Fat Loss Podcast, one hundred percent guarantee we would have gotten f- traction faster mm. than had we, you know, than naming our, our podcast Mind Pump. Okay, but let's let's work it through the entire process. Look down the road. Would we be able to have gotten as big as we are now if we were called the Keto Fat Loss Podcast? Well, no. First of all, you're limited to what you could talk about. Second, like Adam says, these trends grow and then they die. And when they die, you're screwed. Um, and you're, you're limiting yourself quite a bit. So this is a little bit of a dangerous game that you're playing by putting yourself in one box. Here's the thing. If you're going to put yourself in a box... You better be fucking the expert on it, okay? Mm. If yeah. you're going to be the keto guy, you better be Dom Diagostino, okay? <laughs> yeah. If you're going to be the carnivore diet, you better be the carnivore diet export, expert. But you see a lot of these people doing the, doing this because they, they, they think it's going to work for them. They're not that person. They're not that, that supreme expert. It's just tribalism. And it's, it's, it's not going to work. So I think, sure, you want to definitely know your market, but don't get caught up in the in the fads. Don't get well, caught up in that. I think it's stupid. Well, part of why Thanks, Justin. <laughs> part of why it's not stupid, like it if is. you're trying to get attention or traction, is because the algorithm is built this way. So and I was actually explaining this to Danny the other day when we did a video uh that was a little controversial, right? He did a video that was a behind the neck press, shoulder press which I've talked about on this show multiple times. And uh, I remember when I couldn't do it and I worked towards doing it. So <clears throat> I'm not anti against it behind that, but it is something that, you know, maybe more than half of the population above the age of 30 can't do. And so it's not the safest thing for someone to do, but I think we should all work towards the ability to do that. So he did this post and we got a lot of, a lot of hate, and a lot of comments right away. And he messaged me and he's like, oh, Adam, you know, should we not have done that video? I said, no, Danny. I said, you know, and I gave him some coaching points and on maybe, uh, you know, at the beginning of the video, maybe explaining a little more. Anticipate that you're yeah, going to get the hate. exactly. Anticipating that and then explaining to people that this movement isn't for all people and that we should all try and work. And, he, and I thought he did a good job because he does do it in there. But I said, maybe in the, in the future, you do that a, a little bit more at the beginning just to so you don't get as much. But I said... Honestly, bro, I said I'm I'm not too worried because what ha- the way the algorithm is built on YouTube and Instagram is if you you do post something and it and it gets a lot of comments really quick, but doesn't matter if it's good or bad, it shoots you up on the Explorer page. Mm-hmm. It shoots you up on a recommendation page for YouTube, and so you know in a social media world right now, the reason why these people are probably recommending this as advice that you should be controversial or polarizing. 
is because it, it feeds into the algorithm. Now, Mind Pump since day one has been about the long game. So we didn't play these tricks. I did a post like mm-hmm. a, six months ago where I talked about this. You know, our goal was to deliver as much free superior content than any of our competitors to a point where the average consumer could not consume all the free information that we are giving. And it was all about adding value, adding value, adding value. And that has been our model. And it's a much slower model. That's why you look at all of our pages and by the by the size of our Instagrams, you would never be able to guess the success of the business. But a lot of these other people are chasing the the look of being really successful and the and hacking algorithms and getting likes and getting ads. And so advice like this has become popular. And this goes right back into the topic that we started this whole fucking podcast with, which is the mastermind groups and influencer groups. It's no different to me than any other flash in the pan idea. Like any other shreds out there that has uh, they, they figure out something to be polarizing, to get it eyes and attention, but um, you know, they're not willing to uh, acknowledge other counterpoints and um, really have like an approach where I can trust what they're going to put out is valuable information. And so if you're going to do this uh, and have a hard stance on one particular topic or another, you know, you just have to know that uh, it's going to be that much harder for you to ever voice something in a different direction because that's going to solidify uh, a consumer's opinion about, you know, what you have going from then on forward. Yeah, it's it's hard to, to, to talk against, too, because people make a fortune doing it sometimes. Right. You know, like, I'll give you a good example. Um, it, muscle stim machines have been around forever. I mean, literally forever. I mean, back in the in the 60s, uh, you know, Bruce Lee would would buy these stim machines, attack, attach them to his pecs, and they'd make them. These are the machines that you put on a muscle. You turn it on, and it makes the muscle flex. Yeah, the butt ones are hot right now. Right, and so, and so every every couple of years- It cycles. Yeah, every couple of years, you see one come out, and for a while there, it was ab ones. Put this belt around your abs. It makes It's like doing 100 sit-ups while you're working at your desk, and it just makes the abs flex. Um, you know, there was another one for back pain, you know, or whatever. And so they recycle them. Well, now there's one for butt. Now, part of me is a little bit irritated because I'm like, son of a bitch, of course. All you have to do is take some stupid shit that always people always buy into and put it on a body part that everybody's into. And right now everybody's into the butt. Now, now that being said, there, I think there's something that I agree with with the polar taking a polarizing stance – I think there are some things that we do intentionally like that. But it's real. No, of course. So That's our real opinion. So, so my point is is there's a way to hack the algorithm or there's a way to get a lot of people talking about the information you're providing without falling into this trap of you've got to have take a hard stance in a camp. And what I mean by that is like and Sal's a good example. He does this a lot on his page where he will take he'll say something like cardio sucks. Like that's a very polarizing statement right there. Cardio sucks. But then underneath it when you read the information, he explains what he means by that. And the the idea is to get people on there commenting, talking and having discussion and learning and getting educated from it. And so I think that's a really cool way to take a polarizing stance without getting in a camp or attaching yourself to a name like keto, like paleo, like veganism, like carnivore diet. Instead of taking a stance or getting in a camp with that, there's nothing wrong with you making polarizing statements and then supporting it with science to get good conversation happening. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Next question is from Robert M. 75. Do you think sports teach lessons you can't learn or are difficult to learn elsewhere? 100%. I I think we can say sports, but I think to be more general, competition. Um, But sports are a great way to do this. The lessons you learn in – the great thing about sports um, and competition is this, especially sports, is it takes the lessons that you – are going to learn in life, and it makes it very simple and clean. So, like, what lessons do you learn in life? Um, you need to learn how to work with others. Um, that's team sports. You got to learn how to really work with others. Know your role. Do your role at your at your absolute best, and work with the people around you. You also learn uh, with sports how to lose, how to fail. That's a very important lesson in life because life is a series of failures. <laughs> it's just it's it's very few successes mostly a bunch of failures. And so you got to learn how to roll with those and grow with those. Um, sports teaches you how to how to grind. Um, it teaches you how to focus. Uh, I think the reasons why sports are so this is these are the reasons why sports are so important mm. to for children, not to make them physical, although that's awesome. Sure you get physical and you exercise and all that stuff, not to get them to, you know, to move and, and all that stuff, although those are great. Really, it's the it's the other lessons that you get from sports. You can have a kid that's terrible at sports their entire life, but they're going to get a lot out of them mm-hmm. because they're always because of all these other lessons. Yeah, there's a lot, and I look at it from a movement perspective as far as the expression of like if I looked at what I learn in school, particularly you know academically, I learn a lot. Um, that leads me into a, a specific direction. Like I, oh, I know a lot more about history because I really focused on that, and you know, I have a lot of information now that um, it, you know, is relevant, and this this is going to help me like into my career, or this is the this is the ultimate epitome of like what where I could go with that knowledge. I want to know like the ultimate epitome of where I can go with body, like with my body, with skills, with movement and um, to just train my body to benefit for health is great. But there's also there's more potential to it. There's more ways to express myself and figure out uh, where my boundaries lie, where, uh, you know, you know, the ultimate uh, performance capabilities are like what I could what I can do with my body. My body has its own particular language. Language. Like I, I'm able to do things and communicate with my fingers, with my toes, with, you know, the way that I can stop, with the way I can twist, which, you know, the way that I can catch something I can predictively learn things and have like ultimate consequence for. So uh, for me, sport is is an entire it's it's basically like a, uh, another like way to to test uh, what I've learned based off of what I've acquired in the gym. Mm. That was a really nerdy answer. Yeah, it was really Sorry. good. Sorry. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that from you. I expected that kind of from him more. <laughs> and it's, ironically, he went into the the thing that I probably would have thought you would have wear the direction you went. And I agree with Sal that, uh, which I think is why you explained it really well, is it's not just sports. It's just competition, I think, is so important. And I think it's more important today than it's ever been because we, we keep – uh, we're, we're going in the direction of like, oh, don't be competitive with somebody else or be an individual and don't compare yourself to them. And so we, we're, we're, head, we're turning into this society where everyone's equal. Every, every, but in reality, that's not true. Like if you're better than the next person, you tend to succeed more than the, that person. And I think in sports, I learned that lesson first. 
And, you know, I think back to uh, when I first started playing sports, I, I, I don't think I'm a, uh, I, I call myself an athlete or think I'm athletic, but when I really think about it and go way back, like I'm, I'm not a gifted athlete at all. And I think this was one of the first lessons that I ever got with, with hard work. And, you know, I wanted to play because I was a kid, dude, and my, my friends boxed and we played basketball and we played football and we played ba- baseball and we played soccer and you name it. Like we did all those things. I had active friends that were into sports and I was a late bloomer and I was young for my class. And so, and I was skinny and small. So I got punked a lot in sports. I didn't win, but I wanted to play and I wanted friends. And so if I was going to get good at something, I had to practice it. And it wasn't as simple as just showing up on game day or showing up on the at recess and playing. If I didn't go when, you know, nobody was around and put shots in and practice my skills and dribble the ball in the house and put in all this work to better my skill sets, I would have never been able to compete and then one day be pretty good at the at these sports that I played. This is such a great thing you're saying because mm-hmm. if you have parents listening right now who are afraid to put their kids in sports because they suck, like look at who you oh. became because of it. Oh man, yeah. it, it, that that lesson <clears throat> that I learned from sports and I, I never became a great athlete, but the the tenacity that I, I built from not being good and then wanting to wanting to play with others and getting good enough that I could that I could hang and actually got pretty darn good that lesson was I just can't compare it to anything else that I've ever learned in my life and that is now transcended into other other aspects of my life like business and work you know I uh for the longest time I I struggled with with reading and retaining information I never I never scored high on that I've I've joked before about uh being dyslexic I, you know, I know that that has been a challenge for me for most of my life, but because I, I learned those skill sets of hard work and applying myself and getting back up from, from practicing sports, I've learned that in business and learning and growing and being successful. And th- those things, I think you can't get that much anywhere else. No. I can't think of any other places in life where, and, and you, you're compared in sports, if I go out and, and, and my coach puts and it's me objective. In, yes, my yeah. coach puts me in, you know, in basketball, you have what they call a plus minus. So if I got five minutes on the court, I mean, the coach tracks how many points got scored while Adam was out there, how many points got scored against him, did he turn over the ball, did he, did he make a bucket, did he get a rebound, and I can objectively look – at the guys that are in front of me and say, did I outplay him? No, mm-hmm. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I don't. And mm-hmm. my mom can't come over and tell me, good job, son. You're just as good. No, I'm not, mom. Mm-hmm. You know, Tommy was in front of me. Tommy out-rebounded me. He, he outscored me. He played better than I did. And that's a fucking fact. And if I want to compete with him, I'm going to have to do more than what Tommy is doing, which means I'm out there when it's dark and I'm shooting hoops and I'm dribbling in my house, like I said, and I'm doing the things that I need to do so I can compete with him and hopefully get better than he is. And when you start to learn that and then you apply it and then you actually see it pay off, man, it's a it's an incredibly motivating thing to know that you you harness this power if you're willing to put the work and effort in. I don't man, I think sports teaches that better than anything else. It's a in confidence life. builder. Mm-hmm. It's the best confidence builder because where do we get confidence from? We get confidence from not from always winning. Okay, people think, oh, if you're always succeeding, you're going to get confidence. That's not true. True confidence comes because because what happens to somebody who always succeeds? The first time they fail, they're crushed. Mm-hmm. Real confidence comes from 
being challenged and then overcoming. Mm-hmm. Being challenged to the point where you're not sure if you're going to make it and then you overcome. Now you feel more confident for the next challenge. I remember learning that. And I didn't compete in, in traditional sports, but I did in, in, in martial arts and I did judo as a kid. And judo is a, you know, a Japanese martial art, but it's basically wrestling with a gi and it's full contact. And I remember as a kid, the, when I'd go in the class, the way you, you train judo is you wrestle with each other. So you're actually getting very, very physical and you're trying to pin each other and you're trying to throw each other. And I remember my first tournament, I think I was 12 and I was fucking nervous, man. I was so nervous to go stand on the mat with all these people watching me and go against the kid who's trying to throw me and I'm trying to throw him. So I was so nervous. I was so nervous. I was so nervous. And then I went out there and I got second place. I think I, I, win, I won my first two matches, lost the second one, and won the third one, and I got second place. And the confidence I got from that was that I can do things I'm scared of. I, I literally learned that from that tournament. Like, I can be scared of something and do it anyway. God, is that a powerful lesson? Mm-hmm. You know how many times that has gotten me uh, to places? How many times I've had to do things? The first gym I managed, I'm a 19-year-old kid. I'm walking to the gym. I've got a staff of 30 people. Every single one of them is older than me. I'm just a kid. I, don't even, I live at my parents' house. That gave me the confidence to walk in there and lead that team. Mm-hmm. It gave me the confidence to start my first business. It gave me the confidence to talk in front of the camera. It's, it's, these are lessons that you learn. And, and sports is great because... If you lose a game, you lose a game. It's okay. Yeah. If it, you never learn, learn how it, to lose in life, fuck, you're screwed. Yeah, it's a microcosm. It's like for me, it was always like it was something where if I'm on the field, I'm going to get like the ultimate uh, forces against me. I, I was out and I was literally humiliated because we were getting our asses kicked so bad. But it was all about how we come back. How do we come back from this? Like, it, are we just going to – next game, are we just going to be dog shit again? Is that what's going to happen mm-hmm. again? Are we – like, it, it just taught me, like, time after time, like, what you had to do to, to pick yourself well, up and, and, and put the efforts in that will get you through these types of situations. It's completely changed um, my perspective on, on everything that I do. I have a completely different lens when I approach everything. I mean, I remember first getting into podcasting. I remember talking to Katrina and her being like, are you afraid? Are you nervous? Are you all this? And I'm like, no, not really. She's like, do you think you guys are going to be really good? And I'm like, no, I'm probably not <laughs> no. going to be. I'm, <laughs> prob- terrible. I'm probably not going to yeah. be good at it. You know, I don't expect to be good. I expect to be terrible. I expect it to be challenging. I expect to fuck up. Like I expect all those things. And then I expect that I will pay attention to that. And then I'll put practice in, I'll put work in, I'll, I'll try and improve my craft, I'll read, I'll study others, I'll do what it takes to become better at my craft. So I, I now approach many things in my life that I've never done before or that would probably scare the average person with zero fear. I just mm-hmm. don't fear it because I expect to be bad. I expect to fail. That's not going to keep me from pushing through. Well, and really- I think sports really really taught me because I can't think of anything else uh, that I got that from. And and many, many times that I play a sport and come off the bench or mm-hmm. have a guy bigger, stronger, faster in the same position that I was competing for to try and take that position. 
And many, many times I was in the cold Mm -hmm. first thing in the morning before anybody woke up or late at night being out and practicing and doing those things that I'm hoping, I'm praying that that guy isn't willing to do what I'm willing to do to to get better than him. You can't bullshit your way through those games. Right. And that's the biggest thing it taught me. Like I, you know, as far as practices in your life, like it it stops on you. Like you are what the reason why it went that way. And it's just, it's crazy because it's just, it, that, that consequence is real. Yeah, and, and That's the, what I loved about it. And, and really, it's, it's to take it a step further, it's not even that you don't feel fear, because I think we need to be more clear. It's that you perceive it differently. It means something different to you. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I get nervous and anxious now, it's different because I've been there before and I've challenged myself and overcome so it's not going to make you a fearless person in the sense that you just don't feel any fear. It's that it feels different now. It's fear doesn't scare you anymore if to, yeah. to make it. And and look, the best coaches understand all these lessons. So if you you watch sport, you watch team sports, you put your kids in sports, you can see the coaches that understand these lessons and understand that it's not just a game that you're actually teaching these kids uh, how to be better humans. You know, yeah. my 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 kids, my 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 boy plays on the basketball team for his school, and they just did it, this tournament. And they made it to the finals. And at halftime, the other team was just whooping on them. I mean, the other team was 20 points ahead, um, and they were just better. They were just a better team. Lights go out. We lose power in in the building, so we had to stop the game. Um, we get an email the next day that they just gave the game to the, to the, to the team that won, that was ahead at halftime. And I was so angry with that because it's like, look, first off, there's always a chance for a comeback. And I'm not delusional. They probably would have won. They were beating mm-hmm. us. They were a lot better. But that's not the point. What lesson did you teach the kids? You taught the kids that they're so far ahead, we're over anyway, doesn't matter, they would have won. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Kids come back, teams come back all the time. Life will be, many times in life, are you fucking behind the eight ball and you're screwed, but you come out on top. And the second lesson that could have been learned is that they lost. Let yeah. them lose. Yeah. Fine. They're, they got their asses kicked by 40 points. That's a great lesson. I really got ang- angry that they allowed the game to end that way and just say, oh, they just won because they were already 20 points ahead. Silly. I don't care about the, the the skills they learn where they're playing. I don't care about all that. It's all great and that's all plus. To me, it's like teach my kid how to win, mm-hmm. teach my kid how to lose, teach him how to work with the team, teach him how to push himself and have them build confidence. That's always the most important things in my, in my opinion. Look, if you go to mindpumpfree.com, you can download any one of our fitness guides for free. They're all free. There's about 10 guides on there. Again, it's mindpumpfree.com. You can also find all of us on Instagram. Uh, we have individual Instagram pages. Mine is mindpumpsal. Adam is mindpumpadam. And Justin is mindpumpjustin. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee. 
And you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support. And until next time, this is Mind Pump.